0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Athena will give you a great home loan and
0: help you get rid of it. Need help getting your builder's registration? Call Master Builders Victoria today to discuss our member support program.
2: Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell.
3: Hello, and welcome to World. Great to have you company. We're a few days away from round one starting, so midday madness we're the difference right now because you can feel it in the air. 1300 736 736, jump on the open line, midday madness time. You call. We'll get you on in the next couple of hours. A shortened program, though, with the cricket coming up, day five, if you're unaware of where that stands. Day five, fourth test. Australia trail by 88 runs, none for three, and we trail 2 1 in the series. Travis Head to resume, not out five. Kuhneman, uh, yet to get off the mark, but he did face 18 balls last night as a night watchman. So it is uh, probably only India can win it. A draw is the big option, obviously, for both, and probably a win for both in some ways. But we'll talk some more cricket a little bit later on. But if you want to talk cricket, you can do that. That's what Midday Madness is all about. You call anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll discuss it. One 736 736 on that open line. Brought to us by Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Heaps to give away today as well. Bottles of Starwood, two-fold double-grain Australian whiskey, thanks to Hairy Dog's Summer of Aussie Spirit. You can check out the range at hairydog.com.au. And we've got rounds of golf for you and three mates at Epic Arena with beverages. Immerse yourself in Epic Golf at Epic Arena. So plenty to give away a couple of other little prizes as well we'll give away shortly. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Gary is already on the line. Just been talking to Jules before I came on. A deal that's finally been struck between Port Adelaide and Collingwood. It's been talked about for two decades. Finally been sorted. Port Adelaide will be allowed to wear their Heritage prison bar jumper round two for their home showdown against Adelaide this season as a one-off at this stage. David Kosh to tell us a little bit later on. He's going to join us in an hour to tell us whether it's going to be every season for the home showdown. Is that what Port Adelaide hoped to do? And what does Collingwood get out of the deal? But are you happy that the deal has been done? one 736 736 the open line number. Eddie was hell-bent on never letting it happen. And he was always, I think, a little worried about what if Port Adelaide keep asking to wear it more and more and more. Well, maybe just one home showdown every year, is kind of a good result. So if you've got a thought on that, I want to talk some Richmond with you as well. Raylene from Thornbury has also jumped on the line, wants to talk Friday night. So uh, let's talk some footy and some boxing with you, Gary. Raylene, first up, welcome to you, Raylene. Great to have you on. Oh,
0: thank you so very much, Dwayne. How exciting is this? I'm so excited. (laughs) I've been counting down the sleeps. I've been saying to the kids, five, four, Four sleeps now. And Collingwood and Geelong, what a game. What a game is it going to be. Oh, my God. I got my tickets ages ago. Oh, I've been watching Relentless. I've watched The Greatest Team of All. We've wept in front of both of them. And here we go. Here we go. Are
3: you worried they might bring Tom Hawkins in and play him when he's not played any pre-season footy at all? or? Because they can't just uh, test the water against Collingwood, they've got to come out firing, don't they?
0: I trust that their medical team know what is right. They will not play him if he's not right.
3: Now he'll be right if he plays, but whether he'll be fit enough to actually give us four quarters, they couldn't play would they? Play him as the sub, Raylene? Would they play Tom Hawkins as the sub? Now you can bring your sub on any time and give him you know, limited minutes, give him only a half a footy as the sub?
0: No, you bring him out and play him from from scratch. He's not a sub. Tom is not a sub. You need him out there straight up. He might only play half the game and he's the person that goes out, you know. And last question to you. you. We've seen that.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Are you worried about the hunger factor? The hunger factor helped Geelong win a flag last year. They had a point to prove? Do you think the hunger factor will still be in their favour or has now Brisbane got that hunger factor in their favour?
0: Oh, I think that, I don't think it's a hunger factor I think that, yeah, last year we had like the magic of Joel probably the last time round but, you know, these are professional players I'm hoping that's not an issue I am confident in them
3: Raylene, great to have you so positive. I'm pretty pumped about Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday and Sunday. A couple of some fantastic games this weekend. They're going to be hard to tip. Got something for you for kicking us off today. You can either have the bottle of Starwood Two-Fold Double Grain Australian Whiskey, thanks to Harry Dogs Summer of Aussie Spirits, or you can have the round of golf for you and three friends at Epic Arena with beverages. Immerse yourself in Epic Golf at Epic Arena. I've also got a few other little things to give away as well. Some $50 La Cabra vouchers, the goat of Melbourne Mexican food, thanks to La Cabra to give away. Gary and Mitchum, you want to talk Tim Zoo. Welcome to you, Gary.
4: Great day, and I'm excited about the footy too, but I just thought, great day for Australian boxing yesterday when Tim Zoo um, beat Tony Harrison for the super welterweight uh, interim title. Um, takes his record to 22-0, and um, just a fantastic day. I don't know whether you saw the fight Probably should have been stopped a bit earlier than what it was. Mm. Um, and on the same bill, Nikita Zou fought too. So he, And he won, taking his record to four straight. So the zoo boys are doing Australia proud.
3: So going to have to go to fight in America now, Gary. So is yes, Tim Zou going to be the next big thing? Yeah. So is he going to be the next big thing? Is he putting boxing back on the map on a regular basis in Australia now? Because we've seen it a headline sporadically over the last decade or so, but never on a sort of regular basis. We haven't had a maybe a world champion like this to capture everyone's imagination like this.
4: Yeah, and I, yeah I, I think he will. And there's that, there's that family history with Costa, of course, which is, you know, so it's a fairy tale story with, with, with both the boys. Um, and Australian boxing has been quiet. And this is just looking, you know, it's looking great. So let's get behind him and, you know, all the Newcastle does, where the, where the Zeus fight from. But, uh, let, yeah, let's hope he, he goes on to, to beat Charo and that really, you know, fire boxing back up.
3: Great to have you, Gary. Hold the line. Got something for you as well. You can have the La Cabra voucher, the goat of Melbourne Mexican food. Lacabra. Cabra. Hold the line. We'll let you know how I can pick that up. Um, look, I don't block many texts, But, Tom, um, you're done, mate. Thanks for your text. Uh, we had a caller about Geelong. If you don't want to listen when a caller calls about anything they want to call about, if you're sucking about Geelong, just because Geelong got a mention, um, that'll do. You can find somewhere else. Grant and Sydney, welcome to you, Grant.
5: Uh, day, Duane. I'd love to talk to you. Mate, just uh, a couple of things. We, got, we finally got there. We got the jumper at last. We get to wear it once. I'm happy. Let's just take it and be grateful.
3: Do you think um, it won't be asked for every year, Grant? Do you think it'll it'll just be this one-off and they won't keep going back to the well and saying, what about next year? What about next year?
5: Oh, look, the devil's in the detail, but I'd like to think there's an opportunity. We can just honour the jumper once a year. Um, it's, it is our heritage, regardless of however Crow supporters or Collingwood supporters like to think. Um, just however that plays itself out, I guess Koshi's going to be able to um, expand on that for us a bit later. But uh, I'd like to see it. We'd just drag it out for one, one game a year, honour that round, on of that game, honour that jumper, and then park it and get on with everything else. Um, that's how I'd like to see it play out, but I we'll, we'll guess we'll find out.
6: But
3: do you like the new Christian jumper with the V? Yeah, go on. I love it. Yeah, I,
5: I do. I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. And I think we've had a time yeah. to grow with it. And, uh, I think it. I think it looks great. I think it looks fantastic. I do love it. Yeah. it's It's our AFL jumper, and I really like it. I certainly do. Yeah.
3: You were going to ask me a question?
5: I was, Dwayne. Now, I remember this time last year, you gave a assessment on Port Adelaide's pre-season form, and I have to say, you sucked me before the season started. So I'm waiting with bated breath to find out your assessment so far of what you've seen in the pre-season and what you feel lies ahead
3: for us this year. Well, as I said last year, I didn't like the way they were moving the ball slowly last pre-season. I thought they looked a bit lethargic their ball movement last pre-season. I thought they looked a bit lethargic as well against Fremantle. I didn't really... They weren't inspiring, I suppose. Nathan Buckley said a couple of weeks ago on this radio station that Port Adelaide's kind of been stagnant for the last 18 months. So I'm hoping Port can kick a little bit this year and not be this sort of twilight zone team that finishes, you know, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th every year without actually threatening for the flag. So they go and get Junior Rioli, Aratio Fantasia's fit, so they've got a couple of guys who can get the ball on the deck when it goes into the forward line if Charlie Dixon or Todd Marshall can't mark it, so that's going to be a good addition. I think Jason Horn Francis is going to be a really, really good pick-up, but can they jump all the way to grand final, Grant? That's the big issue. Can they jump to the grand final?
5: Ah, uh, well, we'd like to think so, but, you know, being a Port Adelaide supporter, of course I want to see him in the grand final, but in my heart of hearts, I think it's going to be a big
4: challenge.
3: Great Abby have you call, Grant. Uh Grant. Really, really appreciate you jumping on the line. We've got a Dwayne to a t-shirt for you heading up to Sydney, so we'll find one out of the prize cabinet and send one up to you, either a medium or a large, depending on what we've got left one 300 736 360 open line number if you'd like to join us. Dwayne's what for Master Builders Victoria. Get expert legal support. Become a Master Builders Victoria member today. And for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. Brendan in Yarrow. Glenn, welcome to you, Brendan? Yeah, Dwayne, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. What do you got for us? I just wanted to ring up and talk about the cats to upset that poor little <laughs> pedal who <We're> obviously <laughs> texted you and he didn't want to talk
7: about the cats. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is because as the
7: season
8: goes on we're going to be talking a lot more about the cats
3: appreciate your call Brendan just to stick that needle in even further but um look if if I'm lucky enough to have a supporter uh, even a female supporter ring up and say she'd like to talk ...about the cats as the first caller of the day. What am I going to say? No, sorry. We can't let you on. Of course, midday matters. You call, you get on. So, appreciate your call, Brendan. Thanks for sticking the needle in a bit more. And up there in Yarra Glen, um, we'll find something for you up there as well. We've got a $50 Miss Jackson Wine Bar voucher. Got a few of those to give away. Visit the new Miss Jackson Restaurant and Bar in Doncaster. It might be a little bit of a drive for you in Yarra Glen, but they tell me it's worth it. So, Great to have Miss Jackson Weinbar on board. Lou and Bundura wants to talk to pies, which would be good news. That we're talking something outside of Brendan's call about the cat. Talking to you, Lou.
7: Oh, that's exactly why I called for Zayna, the uh, mate. These guys love themselves, don't they? Jesus. Um, now talking about Friday night, um, I reckon the cats are a bit thin up forward um, with all these uh, all these doubts in, the, in their whole forward line. How do you think they're going to line up up front? And also, I think, as a Collingwood supporter, as a, seeing him through uh, preseason, I think we should we should win. But that's uh, that's depending some of their um, the, the way they actually line up. And yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure how they're actually going to line up. But what do you think, Wayne?
3: I think Ollie Henry will probably play out a full forward. I think they'll go with Ollie Henry as their key forward. They can't. I don't think they'll play Jack. Um, I don't think they'll play Tom Hawkins they can't play Jack Henry because he's injured and they will play Jeremy Cameron so I think Jeremy Cameron will be a little further up the field and they'll have Gary Rowan probably in that forward line as well the way I see that forward line so it's a little bit different with no Tom Hawkins but it's a completely different forward line given that Jeremy Cameron well the Cats won the inside 50s against Brisbane last week in that practice game but just didn't have the quality forward of the ball to convert those inside 50s into goal scored. So you put Jeremy Cameron up there, I think it's a little bit of a different beast. And he takes a lot of the heat away from Ollie Henry. I don't think Ollie Henry is a number one key forward, but I think he's going to do some damage this year as a number three. And that's where Gary Rowan has done his damage previously as a number four or even a number five. So, um, yeah, I think that's the way it's going to pan out. Lou, your thoughts on Collingwood taking advantage of it? Because Collingwood does have a a pretty good defence.
7: Yeah, it's what I was about to say, Dwayne. Our, our defence uh, lining up against... We know what Oli Henry's all about because obviously he's been in our club since he's, yeah. he got drafted. And uh, I think we're pretty tall up front for him. Uh, sorry, down back for him. And also, our midfield kind of does match up with their midfield now. That we're all fit. And we've got Tom Mitchell in to get the in and unders. Tower Adam fit. Pendlebury. Nick Dacos can go into it. Off the back line. Yeah, look. I'm pretty excited for this year. I'm going to keep a lid on it. But, um, yeah, I reckon we're looking we're looking pretty good as long as we keep keep our injuries uh, to a minimum. And, uh, yeah, just excited to see some of the recruits get going, to be honest.
3: Yeah, I am too. And Nick Dacos is going to be a year older, get a year better. I don't think he'll have the second-year Blues. And he's going to be played in the midfield, which means he's going to get more opportunity to get the ball. Or the ball's going to have more opportunity to follow him, which it tends to do, but yeah, the, the forward line Tyson Stengel is going to be forward, so they've got some goal kicking power there, as well to go with you know Gary Rowan, Ollie Henry, and Jeremy Cameron. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting watch because I think Collingwood will come out firing in round one. Great to have you call, Lou. Got something for you as well, Bob. We've got some prizes to give away today. We've got some kicking in vouchers to give away. Come taste Australia's favourite and messiest seafood restaurant. Book online now at Kicking In. Dot com dot au. There's a tagline. Australia's favourite and messiest seafood restaurant. Kicking in. We've got a voucher coming your way for kicking into the program. Blair in Brighton. Longer to you, Blair. G'day, Dwayne. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks.
9: Hey, I know there's a lot of great matches around one and a lot of media attention will go to those, but you know, I'm a North supporter and we've got critical game for us coming up based on what we did last year. What, what do you think's a pass, Mark, for North this year?
3: Um, oh, six wins? How's that sound?
9: I'd take six wins if you gave them now. I'd just like to see a lot of young guys get games, you know, bit of experience and hopefully a step in the right direction.
3: Yeah, I think two-win seasons are extraordinarily bad. So I don't think that you're going to have a two-win season, even if you kind of had the same season as last year, I don't think you're only going to have two wins. So I think just organically you should get another couple of wins. But by having, I mean, Harry Sheasel looks like he can play. So when you've got one of the best kids in the land who's going to play round one, I think it gives some of your senior guys a spark up. You're not going to have the drama of Jason Horne-Francis. Now, whether that was drama that North Melbourne uh, didn't put out, that fire well enough, or whether Jason Horne-Francis was contributing to much of the drama himself, I don't know. But regardless, it should be a a more drama-free season for North Melbourne as well. And when you look at previous, you know, North Melbourne won the Wooden Spoon in 2021 with four wins. Uh, There's been, you know, Wooden Spoon winning teams that have had, you know, five wins before. Brisbane Lions in 2017 won the Wooden Spoon with five wins. So you can actually get more wins this year, North Melbourne, and still win the Spoon. I just think six wins is probably about the mark. And uh, Alistair Clarkson, he can coach. So he's got that behind him. Now, whether he can coach a new group to, you know, coach them into eight or nine wins, I'm not sure. But there will be an improvement from North, even if it's not necessarily translated into massive ladder position improvement. Great to have your call as well, Blair. Throw so about your calls and your texts for Midday Madness. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. A weekend just gone without any AFL, although it seemed to me like it was right Richmond off weekend. And we saw it last couple of summers as well. well. Last summer we heard it a lot with the Cats, um, and the Cats ended up not falling off the cliff, proved everyone wrong, won the flag. It seems like Richmond, with the topic of the weekend, with people writing Richmond off, is Kane Corns going to prove correct on this one? Is Richmond about to do a Hawthorne and drop out of the eight for a few years, maybe all the way down to the bottom four, because they've recruited ready-made players to try and steal another premiership with... Their top end of their list may be ageing a bit. So their attempt to defy gra- gravity like Hawthorne might end up being a failed attempt. Hawthorne certainly was under Alistair Clarkson. has come back to haunt them a bit and they've had to regenerate. one 736 736 Kane says some pretty radical things sometimes and I get that. It's a lot of fun, to be honest, to hear them. Like the rest of the competition's playing for second this year was one. Um, I think uh, Darcy Fogarty winning the Coleman was another that was interesting last week but he seems like he might actually have a bit of support with this Richmond maybe not looking that good right now suggestion. Here's Brad Johnson from Sports Day last week and this is the first one that started to prick my ears up that was side by side with what Kane Corns are saying.
4: The two guys that we mentioned
7: and a couple of mids will walk away and say yeah we found a bit of ball but but out of out of stoppage, especially a mid zone stoppage, they were they were beaten comprehensively from Melbourne. One winning that ball, but then they burst out of there. You know, Hopper and Taranto and even Cochin at times were just left watching. And I think more mentally for them, they, they should be hit between the eyes with that. But with their within their own game and assessment, they should be looking at that going. We didn't work hard enough once we lost that initial contest. And Petrarca and Oliver and, and Langdon, they were just running through, breaking forward 50. You know, getting two and three possessions along the way. That's the area that they need to fix. Yes, they're they're good names. Yes, they're good players. But unless they're going to go the other way when it's not on their terms, it's it's going to be. Um, you know,
4: they're going to have some difficult moments.
3: That was Brett Johnson's sports day last week. And then Josh Jenkins, he was pushed against the wall for a, a bold opinion by Sam Edmund this morning. I'll give him that. But uh, under pressure, he ended up coming up with this. Richmond. you got Richmond falling
2: out. Tigers are out. Hang on, come again. Tigers are out. I've just got a text here saying Richmond are going to be premiers. Oh, no. I just from about, uh, 816. Oh, well, so they've what? added Tyrande. My number doesn't end in 816. i have no, I've got added out. Hopper. Yep. The uh, Is it the Chris Judd rule when uh, never... Uh, be all in on a team with important players in their first year. How did uh, Jeremy Cameron's first year at Geelong go? Mm. Not great. Injured, didn't necessarily set the world on fire. They went pretty deep into the season. They did, but they didn't <laughs> win the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> You've so, got a missing the eight. Well, uh, Jack's 34. Yep. He's going to have to hold down key position. Trent Cochin is about to be 33. Yep. Dusty's 31 off the back of a very... Uh, Uh, in different season last year. Grimes is 31, and Tom Lynch has had his fair share of injuries, and he's 30. Yep, They're all very, very, very important players in their side. There's not much beneath Lynch and Jack in the forward half. If you lose one or both, you're in big trouble. So Richmond are out.
3: So it seems like he was pressured into that. He had to come up with 18 that might drop out. So Sammy put him under the pump there, Josh Jenkins. But, yeah, it seems like it's right Richmond off week at the moment, but it is a nice way to lead up to Thursday night. Uh, a couple of your calls. Speaking of Thursday night, they play Carlton Thursday night. Wayne, in our toner, is on the line, wants to talk a little bit of Blues. If you have got a thought on the riding, of, riding off of Richmond? Jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Welcome to you, Wayne.
1: Yeah, good g'day, Wayne. Um, listen, I'm really pessimistic about the Blues this year. I mean, I've been a member for years, but I just reckon they're going to go backwards. Um, and I don't, really don't know why, but what do you reckon?
3: I don't think so. Myself, Wayne, I'm actually optimistic about them going forward. Now, people will jump at the text and say, well, you didn't tip them to make the eight. That was only because I couldn't actually name a team that was going to drop out for them. But I, I said also in that sentence that I think there's nine teams that can win the flag this year, and Carlton is one of the nine. Last year's top eight, and Carlton, I think, can win the flag. I don't think it will take much. You need McGovern to have a good season at half back. As I mentioned a couple of weeks or a week ago, you need Lewis Young to be picking up, I think, the fourth best forward. You don't want him picking up the second best forward. So having good backline players, you're not going to have Williams. But you've still got Wettering and Saad, who are both All-Australians, back there. And you've got one of the most potent forward lines in the comp when you think that if Pittnet rucks, you could have De Koning weaving in through there with Mackay and Kurnow. I'm pretty optimistic, Wayne, even if you don't have Sammy Walsh until round two.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, but I just—I'm really worried about the back line. McGovern hasn't played, you know. He's—what he hmm. play? Three games a year or something? I mean, yeah. it's it just—it uh, it just doesn't help out. And I mean, oh, I've got Whitting and Doherty and, and all that. I just don't see it. I, I'm just—I'm really fearful for this year that we're going to actually end up around about twelve.
3: Yeah, I think there's a way of actually looking pessimistically about just about every team. Wayne, and that might be a bizarre thing to say, but if you take, or take the Brisbane Lions, for example, um, you know, is Joe who, her or Eric Hibwood going to take that step up to all Australian status? Because they've kind of looked like they've plateaued and they don't kick as straight as you'd like them to, so you've got a couple of key forwards who are 50-50 a goal. Fremantle made the eight last year. Now, Nat Fyfe could be, I think he'll kick 50 goals this year, but Nat Fyfe's another one. I mean, he, what kind of Nat Fyfe are we going to get? If it's Brownlow medal Nat five, he could end, up, could end up kicking a 60-65 goals this year as a permanent full forward, which would be fantastic. But what kind of Nat we are we going to get given he's missed a lot of footy recently? I think you can look at every team like that. Um, I wouldn't be too pessimistic just yet, Wayne. Hold off. Don't... <laughs> You shouldn't be pessimistic. Anyone, anybody, pessimistic at this time of year? Just have a little reset. At least going to round one optimistic. Midday Madness for RJSanderson.com.au, personal and business tax experts. As we head back to your calls for Midday Madness, welcome to you, John.
8: Yeah, uh, good. Um, thanks for taking my call. I'm um, me being a Brisbane Lions man. I'm just trying to keep a lid on it, mate, because I'm about to jump off my. Just, I'm about to go mental, mate. It's, I'm pretty excited. But, um, well, it's,
3: the window's well, been well, open for a few years, John, and you haven't been able to to grab that flag. This is the moment, isn't it?
8: Yeah, mate. It, I think so. I, I think that we're we're right in for it. I, I heard you say about Hipwood and um, and uh, Danaher, but I, I sort of don't agree with that fully because I think you can win a premiership without having that, that power forward who's going to kick all your goals through. Because we've just got so many other blokes who can kick goals, and we we're always pretty much the best team. Best goal-kicking team in the league, really. The highest-scoring team.
3: Yeah, my point, John, was that if if you really want to look pessimistically, you can find something to be worried about in every team. That's why, you know, I was just making some stuff up that you could be worried about with the Brisbane Lions. But I've picked the Lions to win the flag as well. And I think the beauty of it is it's not just, it's not just Will Ashcroft out of this year's draft. There's going to be a couple of kids who I think are going to make a, a big impression. Ashcroft was picked too. Harry Sheasel... Looks like he's going to play round one and he's going to be a star. He was picked three. Mateus Filippo looks like he's going to play for St Kilda round one. There's a lot of these guys who I think we're going to get a look at. Ollie Hollands is likely to play for Carlton. I think he'll make their 23 for round one. As well. I think we're going to get a good look at some of these kids really early on, which is, I think is super exciting as well. Great to have you, call. John, we'll race for a few. Luke in Croydon wants to talk Essen, and what can you Luke, great to have you on the line.
10: Uh, not, not a problem. Uh, firstly, before I get to my point, uh, uh, I think Collingwood will be a team that suffers this year. Again, lack of golf boards.
3: I think you've got a genuine concern there for Collingwood, if you're a Collingwood fan, about your lack of goal-kicking forwards. But let's not underestimate the the greatness of guys like Jamie Elliott. I mean, my check's pretty reliable. He doesn't get the big fanfare of guys like, you know, Joe Danaher or Eric Hibwood. But my checks are pretty reliable forward as well. So I'm not sort of... As I said, you could you could look at the glass half-empty with a lot of teams, including Collingwood, but I'm not one of those who does it in the lead-up to round one. Let's see some evidence first that they're not going to be as good. But I can understand why you've got some trepidation, Luke, about your forward line.
10: No, well, I'm a Codewood supporter, but I do come from my whole family of the Ferrells. But I'm a bomber, and I think it will be interesting to see how we go under a new coach for the first season.
3: Which is another aspect of this whole season that we're got unknowns about. The Giants have got a new coach. Essendon have got a new coach. North Melbourne's got a new coach. St Kilda's got a new coach. So we we don't really know what we're going to get with these reinvented teams. Now I know they've pretty much got the same list as last year but as we saw with Collingwood, you change the coach you've got pretty much the same team but you change their methodology, you change their ball movement style and things and maybe change it with some luck, with injury management etc. Then you can change the whole dynamic and rise up the ladder, you know, seven, eight, nine spots, let alone what Collingwood did from, what, second, last to third. So you can improve dramatically sometimes, Luke, even though the expert expectation is that you probably can't. Boys, love having your calls for Midday Mantis. Let's go straight back to your calls. Spiros and Carnegie, thanks for holding. Yeah, you're on the air, Spiros. Welcome to you. Yes, Wayne. How
11: are you? Look, just two things very quickly, if I may. I spoke to Mitch and he said it was okay. Firstly, about the Tigers. Um, injury will beat them, Dwayne. Um, they've already got guys like um, Short might not play, Prestia might not play, um, Pickett might not play, Graham's not going to play. Um, so all of a sudden, um, that that great team that they've got is uh, you know might be slightly vulnerable. That's the only. Yeah, Robbie I Tarrant,
3: think, uh, Robbie Tarrant might not be there one. in defence for a while, and you've got uh, Young who is not young; he's 24 years of age. But you pulled him out of Frankston to try and. It's probably going to play round one for you as well because um, you've got a couple other guys who um, are not going to play. So, yeah, you're right about the injury side of things. But you could say that about Essendon with no Jake Stringer. He's been ruled out. Uh, Sydney have a few out as well, no Tom Hickey. Uh, St Kilda's ruled out Tim Membry as well. So there's a few teams in that bracket. But uh, don't let me stop you. Keep going with your other point. Yeah, well, so
11: with the other one, um, Dwayne, just very quickly, um, our local club, uh, Brighton Union, yesterday played in the prelim final. Um, and uh, it was it was such an exciting game. They made two ten uh, in the first innings, and uh, they were uh, being chased down by uh, Bentley United. Uh, got to one, I think it was about one and a half overs to go, and they were nine down for about two hundred. odd and uh, They got to two hundred and six, and we got the final wicket. So um, just a, it was a great uh, it was a great game to watch. And uh, one of your colleagues, John Donoghue, um, who plays, took this great mm. catch in the outfield, and. Uh, Really spurred the boys on, and uh, it was a great game to watch. And uh, um, what I said to Dono afterwards, uh, great catch, mate. He goes, yeah, it sure was. So, no, it was really good for um, park cricket to watch. It was an exciting game.
3: Good on you, Spiros. I appreciate your call. Nice plug for the locals as well. I did watch a bit of local cricket myself on the weekend, i got to say. I've got this obsession. I think I learned it from my father, and that is sometimes when you're just cruising along on a Saturday or a Sunday and you drive past an oval and you just sort of pull over and watch a couple of overs. I don't know what gets into me but I just feel that I want to do that sometimes, which I did yesterday. Jez and Karen Downs, you there. Jez? Hey, Dwayne.
4: Um, just on Collingwood's midfield, mate, uh, with Lipinski going down, which is a shocking one for us, we've had a bit of trouble with our midfield. We've got Tom Mitchell
6: in. Do you see more time of Maynard and Dacos potentially swapping off the halfback flank on ball?
3: Well, Maynard... Is a gun, Jess, and I think he's one of those guys who I'd like to see him pinch-hitting in the midfield. I'd like to see him given enough rope to go and do what he likes occasionally. I think he's got the ability to be, I won't say Jordan degoey but if he had that loose rein to play forward, midfield, kind of do what he wants to do occasionally, I think he could be a match-winner more often for you, Jess.
6: Oh, I believe so too, and, and just another one on Pat Lipinski. I, we picked up Chris earlier on in his career after going from the Lions to Colin, and He's just been fantastic for us. I look at Lipinski play, and bar this shoulder injury, I reckon he's going to be about the same as Chris. Do you see that like, forecast in his career?
3: I think Did he is good. Chris has, has been unbelievably reliable. What's he played? Uh, how many games in a row has he played for you now? It's been phenomenal what kind of service you've got out of a guy that you got as, as a bargain.
6: Oh yeah, he's. He, we've, I think it's nearly over.
1: Two is it about two hundred
3: in a row now, or just under? I've got it here in front of me. It, one eighty-eight. He's played one hundred and eighty-eight games in a row, including the six that he played with the six uh, in a row that he played with Brisbane before going to Collingwood. So you've, he's played every game for Collingwood since they've recruited him. I'm not sure what recruit has come from another club and played one hundred and eighty-two games in a row for them, but it's has uh, going to be a elite company when you consider that he's done that. Great to have you call, Jez, and I think it's a really good point you've made about a couple of your Collingwood guys. I'm a bit of a uh, Crispin Lipinski fan. There's something about reliability with you guys. I know it's good to have the superstars of the competition. You know, it's great to recruit the Isaac Rankins of the comp when you can, but there's just something about having reliable guys playing for you every week where you think, okay, well, thank heaven we've got him. Because when the other guys have a day off, this guy doesn't have a day off and Crisp is kind of one of those guys. Midday matters for rjsanderson.com.au. R.J. Sanderson and Associates are accountants and taxation specialists. Take the stress out of tax. Marie and Berwick, you there, Marie?
0: Oh, hi, Dwayne. Loving the program. Yeah, look, at the risk of making it Collingwood Hour, I'd like to speak more about their defence. I actually think if Taylor Adams and Mitchell stand up in the midfield, that'll be huge for us. Because I actually think since Ruffhead uh, retired, we're really vulnerable in terms of not having a lockdown defender. Murphy's really good, but he's a bit undersized. Because looking at last year, West Coast won about two games. They beat us because I think Kennedy may have kicked five or six against North. They nearly beat us. Their full forward kicked five or six. As good as Moore and Howe are, they're not locked down. So, I think if we can win in the midfield, off, we're going to be okay. But if a team like DeWong get it out of the centre quickly, Moore's more not, in spite of the fact he's 200, he's not good one on one. And how's an intercept marker? So, I think our, our backline's actually vulnerable if we don't win the middle.
3: You're spot on with that, Maria. And it's about turnovers in the middle as well. It's not just winning the 50 50 ball in the middle, it's actually not causing the turnover that gives a straight back to the opposition and allows that opposition to play on immediately into your unset defence, because Howe and Darcy and every defence is more vulnerable when it's a quick transition by the opposition that kicks it in before you're actually into your position, into your grid zone and if there's no pressure on it as well and often turnovers have no pressure on it on the way back because you're not set up to put the pressure on, then Lack of pressure means you can pinpoint those passes and make it look as if Darcy and Howe are out of position. So I'm agreeing with you 100% on all that, Marie. You can win the flag, though, if you get it all right this year, can't you?
0: Oh, look, no. Look, I'd be happy to to make the aim. I still think... I'm really worried. No team wins a premiership without a lockdown defender. Melbourne got May, and he's been huge for them. I just like Hmm. that... If you, I reckon there's a formula: two good key backs, two good key forwards, and an absolute gun midfield with depth. And I think our midfield, if they stand up, Adams was fantastic against Hawthorne. I went down to a lawn to watch the game, but I, I'm worried about not having that key back because I don't. Yeah, I, I do think there's a formula to winning it,
3: Marie. Um... Great call. A lot of, pretty much all of what you've said makes a lot of sense. I think you're right about the formula. I think the beauty of May and Lever is they can also win one on ones. They are lockdown down defenders, but they also, they can zone off brilliantly as well. They get the help of Max Gorn dropping behind the ball quite a lot, which is what they're going to get extra help from this year because Grundy, if the ball's on the wing, Grundy can ruck, take that throw in, and Max Gorn can drop behind play and virtually give them that third defender. That's tall and can intercept. Mark, whereas Collingwood don't really have that. They've got Mason Cox, if Cameron rucks, but you know Mason Cox isn't. He's not Brodie Grundy. He's good, but he's not Brady Grundy. Hey, appreciate your call. Uh, hold the line. Got something for you. You've got a. If you're old enough to drink, that is. Hold the line. Bottle of Starwood two-fold double grain Australian whiskey. Thanks to Harry Dogs, summer of Aussie spirits. Harrydog.com.au. Permit <laughs> your calls, Alan in Sydney. Thanks for holding, Alan. Welcome to you. Hey, Dwayne, how are you going, mate? I'm good. You excited, uh, Alan, about Errol?
9: Uh, Yeah, I am. And I thought I'd give you a couple of little interesting tidbits. This year, we've got eight of our players that are in our top 18 that have played under 50 games. And as you know, I'm an old rugby league man. So somebody that knows more about AFL than me, Told me that you need to play 50 games to serve your apprenticeship.
3: That's an old Kevin Sheedy statement, Alan. I think uh, Kevin Sheedy was the one who said, "Okay, you got 50 games up; your apprenticeship is over, and it's time to deliver." You've also got, I think, nine guys on your list that are New South Wales locals as well, Alan. So it's a it's a local crop you're bringing through.
9: That's right. Now Logan McDonald who's going to take over from Buddy, is only 20, and he's only played 24 games. Chad Warner, who's 21, has only played 39 games. And your boy, Errol, and mine, (laughs) he's played 43 games. He's only 20, and the good thing about him as well is just between you and I, he's 81-1 to one for the brown Brownlays.
3: <laughs> well, he might have shortened up a bit after his 40-something possession performance uh, the other night for Sydney, but he looks good. Braden Campbell looks good. Look, Sydney looked good. They've got a lot of young guys, and if Logan McDonald can become the next key forward for Sydney, doesn't have to become the next Lance Franklin, but the next big key forward because they've had Lockett, ...in the path at Barry Hall and look out for the Swans. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Master Builders Victoria. Get expert legal support. Become a Master Builders Victoria member today. And for Athena Home Loans. Pay down your home loan faster with Athena. Port Adelaide Chairman David Koch not far away. Ricky in Cairns. We had a lot of callers from up north today. Sydney uh, through New South Wales and through Queensland. And now Cairns, Ricky, welcome to you. Great to have you on the line. Oh, good day, Dwayne. Love the show. Great to have you on, Ricky. What can we do for you? Yeah, talking about Dan Houston uh,
4: last last year, round one against the Lions, he got thirty six possessions and twenty seven were kicks. He was the number one midfielder on the ground. I'm just wondering why they waste him down back when you know their forward entry so far in the preseason has been pretty ordinary, and and they just seem to anyone who's a decent kick like Farrell, McKenzie, Burton, even Burgoyne, all elite kicks. They seem to put him down the back line, and they disconnect them from the forwards when the, when the real problem is, you know, the, the midfielders are just chipping the ball up on Charlie's head when, you know, these guys could really put the ball in front of Charlie or Todd or, you know, I just wonder why Fort continues to take any decent foot talent and hide it down the back. It seems
3: a bit odd. I get what you're saying, but the, the beauty of Ollie Wines is that he's, he's a clearance beast. He'll win you the clearance, but he doesn't have the foot skills of some other midfielders either, so... When he gets the clearance, he's not going to be the pinpoint passer that Farrell is going to be when he gets it. But, but a lot of these positions that Ollie Wines gets are under so much pressure, you can't kind of expect him to hit the target. I would still like to think Port Adelaide's going to be better this year, not necessarily off the back of Charlie Dixon taking more marks because the, the passes to Charlie Dixon are going to be better, or Marshall's going to take more marks because the passes to Marshall, or even Georgiades, are going to be better. I think Port Adelaide might be better because they've got better crummers at their feet. So, and I think that's where Port Adelaide. I think, and if if Fantasia can have a season where he's injury free, that's going to be huge for them. And if Junior Rioli as well can have an injury free season as well, I think that's going to be big for them to to have those guys at their feet. That's one area I think Port Adelaide. Can improve. Someone who knows more about Port than me, David Kosh, has been good enough to join Port Adelaide chairman. Welcome to you, Kosh. You're great to have you on. Good day, Duane. How are you? Mate? Yes, it's.
1: Uh, you could almost smell the season ahead of us, can't you? It's uh, exciting. So,
3: cricket goes on too long, don't you reckon? <laughs> so you won't be watching day five. <laughs> well, when when it drags on like it has this test, maybe you're right. But uh, it'll be over tonight. Koshi, and then there it'll be are. footy season for even cricket fans. Uh, Port Adelaide's had a win before round one, though. You got them a win. You got them four points. You got them the prison by jumper back <laughs> for round three.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great result, and uh, you know it means you know more than anyone it means a lot to our members, uh, a lot to our people, and. Sort of we've we've been annoying everyone for years, and so we do it every year around this time. We uh, formally apply uh, to wear uh, the prison bar goonsie for our home showdown, and uh, you know we've uh, this year it's been um, a, a terrific result, which is which is great, and and really came out of the blue. I was talking to Jeff Brown uh, on a different AFL matter last week, and uh, he goes, you know, gosh, yeah, I just respect the history of your club uh we got to get this done this year and uh <laughs> i'm a a bit it shocked me a bit and i said mate let's have let's make it happen so we caught up at the uh the president's meeting on thursday after that and uh, uh agreed to it friday night the afl signed signed off on it so um it's it's happened pretty quickly
3: so it was of jeff brown's Instigation, which is even more amazing to me as well. It sounds like you get on pretty well with him. Um, I do. Look, Jeff. Jeff
1: understands our history, and um, you know, I, I I talk to him pretty regularly um, on a whole bunch of uh, different AFL matters, as you as you do with the different presidents. Uh, probably he uh, and Andrew Pridham at the Swans are the, the two I'm I'm closest to, and and. Uh, and um, we would often talk uh, with me growing up um, in Adelaide, a Port Adelaide supporter, it was just just natural that Collingwood was your BFL team. And I, I, I grew up in the Lenny Thompson era and things like that. And, uh, you know, Jack Cale going a coaching there. Uh, Greg Phillips went and played there. Uh, Choco won a best and fairest. Um, we've had these links over over generations and he understands how important the prison bar is. And Buckley winning a, uh, a premiership in the prison bar, he understands what it means to us and, uh, and respects that. So it were, it's been a breath of fresh air to talk to him about it.
3: Now, I know you're probably not going to ask for it to be every year right now because it's just a, an enjoyable concession that Port Adelaide get to wear it this year. But is that where the future lies? Home showdown every year, once a year, every year.
1: We we would like that, um, and I, and Jeff understands that. And over the the next twelve months we'll, we'll work towards that. But um, i look. I think if we can uh, if we can show, you know, I know it gets under some people's skin. Why do we have to go um, to Collingwood for approval? But. But that was a deal done long ago and you gotta stick by it. Uh and the, the letter of the agreement, but I think there there is a mood, there is a sense of goodwill, um that you know, we're in with a good chance of um of making it more permanent and and I'd like to see us elevate the importance of our games against Collingwood. Um, a couple of clubs that are kindred spirits that grew up in you know, the, the magpies in the, in, the, in the two different states, um, a similar profile, success, sort of a um, similar hatred from opposition clubs in their individual states. Uh, let's celebrate that. And, you know, I'm going down. I'm going to the MCG for round two. Uh, for the the Port-Collingwood game. And I reckon if there are Port supporters who earmark a weekend away to follow the team, uh, the Collingwood game at the G, um, I reckon, would be a good one. So I reckon we can do more work there to to elevate the Collingwood game and, and celebrate the links between the two
3: clubs. So is that where Port Adelaide fans can do their bit back for Collingwood? Is that what Collingwood... What can what does Collingwood get out of this? Are you asking all Port Adelaide fans to show your support for Collingwood and make the trip yeah. round two for that game?
1: Yeah, I, I reckon, and and that that's a that's a uh, a message to uh, I think a, a nice message of goodwill going back the other way. That uh, that just been terrific in um, getting us to wear the prison bar in, in round three at the showdown, and hopefully in future years as well. Uh, and a way to show our appreciation back, um, go go and support uh, Port Adelaide against Collingwood and and all that the history of the two clubs means to both of us. I think that, that would be a, a great way to show it.
3: And you host Collingwood later in the year at Adelaide Oval as well, so there's a, yeah. a chance for you to do something for Collingwood there too? Exactly, exactly. And,
1: you know, I... As I say, the, I think we've forgotten in all of this discussion about the, using the prison bar. We, I think we we've forgotten how close the two clubs have been for, you know, a hundred years, um, and and we should be able to get back to that um, go, going forward. And and we we still play in the prison bar in the sample League. That's that's where where it all comes from. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I can foresee sort of much closer links per, between the two clubs, which I think is good for everyone.
3: And the last one on this, the AFL leaves it up to you and Collingwood, so they don't play a role in this at all. Whatever you and a Collingwood agree to, the AFL will pretty much rubber stamp? Yeah, because
1: they, um, they go back to that agreement that was done years ago uh, that we could wear the, uh, the prison bar during heritage rounds, um once a year, and then the year after that was signed, heritage rounds were, were dropped from the AFL calendar um and that 's also something Jeff recognizes, but you know there there was a spirit of that agreement for us to wear it once a year um and there 's no greater Sort of heritage round for us than the two South Australian clubs playing against each other, which is the showdown is a celebration of, uh, of football in South Australia. So, you know, there's an acknowledgement from Jeff that it's in, he, he feels the decision is in the spirit of, of that agreement anyway.
3: I'd ask you what your expectation is for this year, David, but it, it would be a, a silly question because I know that you're always expecting to make the eight. And push for the flag yeah, that 's what you always absolutely. expect isn 't
1: it well, you always expect expectation is to make finals and put ourselves in in the best possible position to go uh, to go deep into september and and ultimately win a flag that's, that's and, and i that language has not changed since I took on the job as uh, as president of port adelaide it 's pretty simple. Um, there should never be a year that we don't make finals. And, uh, you know, uh, that's why you will never hear the word rebuild from me or whatever, because I I think it's uh, an excuse for failure. And and we know our members and supporters, which have an expectation um, that we are competitive and successful every year, and success is success is making finals and we embrace that expectation
3: You're not worried about being in that twilight zone of not winning a flag and not dropping out to oh, I hate that. bottom four?
1: I, I hate that uh, I hate the um, that, that sort of zone of being mediocre and sort of being on the edge of finals, uh, there is nothing more frustrating uh, than that, so I think we we've got the list, we've got the uh the resources, we've got the football department. Um I think do our members proud this year, and that's my expectation.
3: And you've already you always have given the footy department the rubber stamp to go and get Lyset, go and get Dixon, go and get Finlayson, go and get Aaliyah. A- yeah, you want them to
1: Our list management guys, um Jason Cripson, and the list management and Chris Davies um Um, are just enormous for us. And I think the plaudits they got after the last trade period are uh, absolutely deserved. Uh, They're the best in the business. So we've always got to think aggressively. We've always got to be constantly uh, looking at our mix. And I know um, that's the message I get from them. They are constantly improving. And I know that they're working on, on next year's list even now. Um, that's how, how far out they do their planning it's a it's a dark art but I don't even pretend mm. to understand what they do um, <laughs> in terms of the finer points of it but uh, uh, they're the ultimate professionals
3: and you believe it's flag worthy this list this year
1: oh I think look we've got to give our ourselves the very best chance
3: to compete for a
1: flag and I think we've um, our list has improved from last year, and I reckon they will give us the very best chance to succeed. And that that's all you can expect. Um, you there are so many <laughs> factors that you can't count on. You know, there's injuries as a whole. There's a bit of luck. Um, you know, I, I would argue we we lucked out. I'm. On, on, both those areas last season. Hopefully, um, we can we can get a bit more balance this year in terms of uh, winning close games and not having as many collision injuries as we did last year. And fingers crossed, if the uh, footy gods uh, are watching, I, I reckon we've got the uh, we've got the coaching staff and the, the playing staff to uh, to do us proud.
3: And I won't drag you through the whole Ken Hickley ringer over and over again, but. You mentioned earlier, well, about a month ago, that you won't make a decision until August, which yep. was a surprise uh, month for me, given that August is around twenty-one, twenty-two, and the season doesn't finish till a month later. So, what is your time frame? Do you have to make a decision for Ken's sake by then? Do you think? Um, no, we uh, we discussed it with Ken, and
1: we don't want any distractions uh, whatsoever during the year. We don't want every discussion and every radio interview or every press conference to to be about Kent's contract. So we've just taken it completely off the table and until August. And it allows uh, the team, uh, both the coaching staff and the playing staff, to concentrate on getting the wins and doing what they do best. And that's, that's
3: playing good footy. So you can be successful, in inverted commas, without winning a flag. What what will you measure Ken Hinckley's year on come the end of September?
1: Um, well, uh, I'll do that in in August. Uh, you're not going to weasel it out of me, <laughs> <laughs> Duane, uh, other, other Otherwise, it'll just be a topic of conversation for the entire year. And I want, want it to be, if anyone brings it up, that everyone listening will be bored stupid because they'll actually know the foundation on which, uh, because that's the disciplined way to do it, that's the professional way to do it, it is not giving a running commentary each week. So, you know, ask me in August and uh, uh, happy to talk about it then.
3: It's a fair answer, Koshi, I've got to say, because I see another couple of clubs. Well, Chris Fagan's been reappointed or extended by Brisbane because they've kind of felt that it's unfair to let him coach this year final year of his contract with so much unknown. So they've taken that attitude and I get that's their attitude. That's fine. Saints resigned Brett Ratton halfway through last year because things were going okay. Mm-hmm. Then they missed the eight and they end up replacing him as coach. So it is a bit of a dilemma for a chairman as to what time's the right time to be making decisions.
1: Yep. And the right time is at the end of the season in, in just the cold, hard light of day. Um, I, I would challenge you to come up with an example of where uh, a club has made uh, any sort of extreme decision in the middle of the year and it's been successful and has, has changed the course of the year. Uh, I can't think of any uh, good, good clubs, give their uh, football department the very best chance uh, of winning without any distractions and that's what we do. A
3: couple of quick ones, Koshi. Um, where are you? Where's the club? Where's David Kosh on the Tasmanian 19th license? Um, we've,
1: we've always been the same is if I think the, the uh, entry card to the AFL dance is that you have a stadium that is world class standard um, and I think that's out of respect to the to the competition and also the fans of the competition and our members, we play in great stadiums every single AFL team. Um, so, so part of the ticket to the dance is to have a world class stadium, um, uh, which um, is on the agenda, and they've got a um, they've got a location for it at the the wharves in Hobart. I think that's a very minimum. Um, and also support from the state government, particularly in the first t- 10 years, to, uh, uh, to underwrite any losses. And if, if both of those can be achieved, um, uh, Port Adelaide doesn't have a problem with Tasmania being the 19th team. You know, we're, we're not-for-profits, <laughs> uh, football clubs and, uh, and the AFL. It's about community. It's about heartlands. But it's got to be sustainable and that's the important thing. You, you just can't go half-cocked into the, these areas. So if it, if they deliver on those two pillars, not a problem at all.
3: Well, no one knows whether it's going to be more sustainable than you. The finance and money is your forte, Koshi. You, you've looked at the numbers. How does it look? <laughs>
1: um, oh, look, it ne- needs the government support. It needs the federal government support to um, uh, to build the stadium. And um, Look, there, there are a lot of people that are saying, uh, how can Tasmania afford a new stadium? How can they afford a new stadium just for AFL? And if you take the Adelaide Oval um, uh, redevelopment as an example, there was a lot of controversy about that. There was marching in the street, uh, uh, even with the, the pete- mm. pedestrian bridge over the Torrens. And now there is not you would be hard pressed to find a critic of it Um, both sides of politics agree that it is the best bit of public infrastructure um, in a generation for South Australia, it's transformed the city Um, it has brought enormous economic benefit uh, as you saw with Ed Sheeran, a lot of the shows on at the moment Um, and that will happen with, with Tasmania as well so it's, it's a big chunk of infrastructure. There's no doubting a, a, about that. But the ripple effect uh, through the city and also the state's economy can be enormous if it's managed well.
3: And one without notice is there any involvement, Porter AFL, in getting in excess involved in the season this year, David? <laughs> uh, what, the individuals? Um, well, I know that Michael Hutchins can't be involved, got, but
1: he, he's... no, no, never, never, never tear us apart. Uh, of course, uh, remains as one of our, our game day uh, rituals. Um, uh, uh, Tim Ferris can't play anymore because of that that accident uh, mm-hmm. with his hand. But but uh, all of the guys um, mm-hmm. just love the way that uh, that we treat the song, the way. It's become such a part of the heart of the Port Adelaide community. And, you know, I went to school with a couple of them. So I've, I've known them over the years. And I was, a, as a kid, was always in the mosh pit of excess when I was playing on the northern beaches of uh, Sydney at the, at, the, at the Manly Vale and, and the Antler. So, um, yeah, they, they love how it's become part of our heritage at, uh, at Port Adelaide.
3: So they're very supportive. There's a Sliding Doors moment. You could have been a singer, David, had the, the <laughs> planets aligned for you.
1: Well, did you know, Dwayne, that I actually fronted In Excess for one song at a concert and sang Don't Change, um, one of their hits. I could have gone to heaven, a, died and gone to heaven, a very happy man uh, after that. They, um, they, they said, well done at the end of it, at the end of the show, but had never invited me back to sing ever again. So. That's a bit of a testimony of how I went down.
3: Well, we're out of time, but you can take us to the break with a few (laughs) bars of it if you like, David.
1: (laughs) No, I'll take you to a few bars of... uh, No. no. I won't won't put you through that torture.
3: (laughs) Look forward to it at some stage, maybe in private. Uh, Great to have you, Koshi. Thanks for the expanded chat and good luck in 2023. Good on you, Dwayne. Thank you. David Koch, Port Adelaide Chairman and uh, Finance Guru, and you can check him out the website. He's got um, his podcast as well. He's got a whole range of opportunities for you to tap into his brain. It was great for us to tap into his brain for a few minutes today. Stephen Rosebud, you've been holding for a while, Steve. Uh, thanks for doing that. Welcome to you.
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, Wayne. Now, I just want um, I'm Port Adelaide supporter and just um, finished a Russell Ebert autobiography and wore my prison bars to the gym this morning for the theme spin. Nice. My well, theory is Collingwood were never going to let us do it. If Eddie McGuire was still in charge, they never would have backflipped. But having two weeks ago McGuire going off on his rant about the Richmond supporters in a concert stand, Jeff Brown and the board said, we've got to put him back in his box somehow. They've got to just put a, put a sock in it and that's it. Because so, um, they got rid of him and now he's still acting as Collingwood president. What do you think?
3: No, I don't think Jeff Brown's like that. I've known Jeff for a long, long time. Um, Jeff, when I first came over to Victoria to play here, um, Jeff was part of uh, my contract process. So I've known Jeff, I think, since the age of about 20. Um, I don't think their relationship is like that. I'm also friends with Eddie, as we know. Eddie, yeah, Eddie thumps the table on a lot of stuff because he doesn't want to give ground because he wants, wonders what's going to be next. What are they going to ask for next? We give on this thing, they'll ask for something more. So I think he's always been worried in that space. I'm a a supporter of what both have done. I think Eddie has thumped the table for a long time to do the right thing when he was at the helm that he thought was the right thing. And Now Jeff Brown's realised, well, this is a moment in time where we can actually have a relationship where we can all benefit from this. So I think it's a good thing that maybe they're getting together and they are going to make their get-together every year a, a kind of a blockbuster celebration of that black and white spirit. Because the two clubs are entwined. I mean they the cos you mentioned all the players that have played for Collingwood. I signed a contract with Collingwood all those years ago as well before going to Geelong. So there has been that relationship for a long time. And it is a true thing that if you barracked for Port Adelaide in the Sandfall before Port Adelaide and the Crows came into the AFL, you barrack for Collingwood in the VFL. That's just what you did. Thanks for your call though, Steve. A couple of texts that have come through. O four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you want to send through your text, keep them coming. On the forty winks. Temper text O Four Double Three Ninety Eight Eleven Sixteen. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks serious about sleep. Um, that's Ken Hinkley's favourite song too that Koshi mentioned. <laughs> don't change. Uh, don't change the coach. Very funny text, that one. One from Dean. In excess of the MCG on the big dance. Bringing it together with ACDC. Let there be rock. That's from Dean. Yeah, the reason I mentioned the in excess thing with Koshi is that Tim Watson on breakfast mentioned the other day. A band, I'm not sure which, he didn't mention the band itself, but he mentioned an old band that the AFL or there was going to be something happened. I just presumed it was going to be in excess, maybe involved in Gather Round. That's the way I read it, but maybe I misread it. Uh, don't forget Petty when you're talking defenders for Melbourne as well. He has become a brilliant defender for Melbourne. You're spot on. So they've essentially got three great defenders back there. We do forget Petty a bit. Um, and Yo Pipe, your theme song sucks too repetitive make cars your song Um, i can't make cars my song because of this because it's my ringtone and uh i've been having it as my ringtone for a couple of years so i can't then listen to it eight times a day but i like the new theme so i hope you like it as well start us
12: all the noise for coley on 99 line swing here around the wicket turning into the onside and there it is Not his most extravagant hundred, nor his most elaborate. But you can never doubt this man's dedication. Careful accumulation. Reaching three figures for the 28th time in Test Cricket. The 8th time in Test Cricket against Australia. He takes off his necklace and gives it a kiss. That might be his wedding ring. 1,206 days. Holy, the chance to wave that bat around again. The crowd adore this man. The former captain takes his bow. What a relief.
3: Adam Collins, SEN commentator, in full flight yesterday at Modi Stadium as Virat Kohli was in full flight, ended up making 186. Virat Kohli, India, all out for 571 in response to Australia's all out for 480. So we head into day five of this fourth test. Australia trailing by 88 runs, at none for three. Head five, not out. Kohneman, the night watchman, yet to get off the mark. And maybe Usman Khawaja injured. But let's get the latest from Adam Collins for tyre power. The tyre power store-wide super sale is on now. Welcome to you,
12: Adam. Great to have you on. Uh, great to be here, Dwayne. Final day of tour.
3: So the big question is, are we in danger? Is there only one actual result other than the draw that can happen, and that is India winning this thing?
12: Only one team can win, that's for sure. Uh, India, uh, well, 88 runs ahead uh, at this stage. Australia, 88 behind, I should say. Uh, Matthew Kooneman opened the batting last night, as you point out there, as the the night watchman, Usman Khawaja. We've just got an update from him one minute ago from Cricket Australia. Let me read it out to you. Um, Nothing conclusive yet. I'm just paraphrasing the message from the team's media manager. Um, Same situation as last night. He has soreness in his lower left leg just below the knee on the outside of the lower leg. He'll be assessed again at the ground. He had a scan, which is standard procedure. There was a, a report in the Fairfax papers last night that they were checking for a broken bone, but uh, it goes on to say that the imaging did not reveal anything conclusive. So, uh, whether it was when Khawaja bats, Dwayne, I reckon, will be dictated by the, the match situation. There's no way they'd risk him if they're going to shake hands at half past three, which is the, the earliest time they can call it off today if it does play out towards a draw, but um, I suppose that sounds like he, he may be able to bat if required. And what's the pitch looking like playing like today? Oh, look, we've seen nothing, haven't we? There have been a couple of balls towards the end of yesterday that started spitting out Golly. of the out of the uh out of the uh the middle part of the pitch. And look you've got to remember that Jadeja and Ashwin can turn a test in a spell, right? Like these guys are two of the greatest to ever do it. They've been um, the two bowlers who set up the Border Gavaska Trophy retention, they bowled out Australia in a session at Nagpur and in 90 minutes at Delhi. So if anyone can do something wild, it's these two. But the surface is just nothing like what we've seen in the series so far. It's like an old-fashioned Indian test pitch from before before, the, uh, before they started juicing them up. So on that basis, you'd, you'd think that Australia are in a strong position to do as they did in the first innings of bat conservatively, bat carefully, and see them through the safe harbour. And if they did so, Dwayne, I mean... They'll be frustrated not to get to 2-2 after making 480 in, in the first innings. But they never threw in the towel yesterday. They were always sinking and tweaking and trying different plans. And uh, and I, I think they're pretty proud of the way they went about it across a couple of days in the dirt in conditions that didn't suit. Lion bowled beautifully. Murphy as well, three wickets apiece. Uh, so there were definitely positives to draw from that, as there are from the last two test matches. Had, had we been told after Delhi, that Australia would bounce back with an emphatic victory at indoor, and more than hold their own at Ahmedabad uh, and lose 2-1, you'd probably take that. Um, 2-2 was the best-case scenario and, and conditions just haven't allowed it to play out that way. And in fairness, India have earned their way to this lead. Kohli, it was careful batting, uh, but he was the trunk that the innings grew around. Had great support from Akshar Patel yesterday who made a brisk 79 in a, in a big partnership for the sixth wicket and let them get up to a lead before they were all out late yesterday.
3: What if Travis Head throws the bat and we get this 88 erased quickly? Is there any chance that we could set them 150?
12: I just don't see it happening. I, 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 look, they, they could. It would take a lot. You'd need to construct an extraordinary scenario where in 90 overs. I spoke to Peter Hanscom last night after play, and they weren't even really counterintending such a thing. That it was, it was very much a conversation about, um, about. Uh, doing the basics right today on a surface that, yeah, it's fine, it's, it's, it's blameless, but against bowlers who remain top quality and um, and getting themselves to a position where they can draw this test match. I just don't think they'd give India a chase of 150 on a road in the final session because, in reality, that's that's just giving in. There won't be enough time to take 10 more wickets is the problem here. It would be a bit different if we were at indoor or Delhi or Nagpur where you can construct a scenario where you'd bowl out of side in, in 50 or 60 overs, but here I just can't see how it's possible.
3: So it's a beautiful stadium. Um, Build it and they won't come What? unless there's a better ticket (laughs) system. Uh, Is is the situation, you do have to buy a ticket to all five days. If this happened in Australia, we'd be investigating why and making sure that we had a system where people did get in there.
12: It's a ridiculous system, isn't it? I, I, I understand why they brought it in. They were worried about attendances. They were worried about people not coming at all. So they said, well, if you can come for five days, it'll, it'll look better. But it's, it's proven to be um, a mistake to implement that ticketing system for this series. Because at no point at any stage has it looked like selling out. Even when we were in Indoor last week. And the atmosphere there was sensational, by the way. I, I really hope the legacy of last week is that Indoor gets a couple of World Cup games later in the year. Um, Boutique Stadium, 30,000 people. They never had more than 15,000 in there. It's just that it was, it was smaller and it felt more real. Whereas yesterday, I don't want to diminish the crowd yesterday, they made so much noise around the Coley 100. The Coley 100 um, had a billion hearts beating yesterday. I mean, mm-hmm. they've waited um, you know, over a 1, 1,206 days, wasn't it, um, to see him make another Test 100. And, and some were worried he never would again. Uh, and it was a, a, a response uh, yesterday from the crowd and from the man himself that reflected that relief, really. Um, but yeah, so they made heaps of noise. It was really great around here, but there wouldn't have been more than yeah, 20,000 tops, which does make you wonder how that can be when you can guarantee when the IPL starts in a couple of weeks, these, these grounds will be near enough to sold out.
3: Yeah, which will be uh, much better... Viewing, I think, as well to see, but full stadiums just make you feel better watching it at home as well. Great to have you, Adam. It's been great calling, been great listening. So enjoy the final day today, and we'll talk to you soon.
12: Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks for your support and listening throughout.
3: Adam Collins joining us for Tire Power. Tire Power, Storewide Super Sale. SEN's coverage, by the way, of the fourth test continues from around two thirty today. Thanks to Tire Power. Big tip: Storewide Super Sale is now on. And speaking of Tire Power and the team. At Tyre Power, there's a local Tyre Power near you. Just check out your local district. They're everywhere and they're independently owned. Tyre Power Tipping is back. You can play SEN Tyre Power Tipping and join for your chance to win weekly prizes, including the major prize of $5,000. Sign up now at tipping.sen.com.au. Boys, great to have you company for Dwayne's World and for Midday at Madness. Shorten Dwayne's World today with the cricket. We're heading there in around 20 minutes from now, day Five of the fourth test. Australia trailing by 88 runs with all 10 wickets in hand. So we're heading to the cricket. And we will have more opportunity for midday matters on Mondays than last year. One less interview on Mondays in 2023 which means an extra seven or eight minutes of your calls on Monday so great news for Midday Madness especially Monday Midday Madness fans during the AFL season also great news that Brett Phillips has been good enough to join us on a regular basis again in 2023 and another big night tonight on the first serve 8 p.m. tonight on the SEN app thanks to Coolabar Turf Victoria's premier supplier of Instant Lawn Brett Phillips joins me on the line. Welcome to you, Brett. Great to have you on.
8: No, thank you. Uh, Thank you, Dwayne. Yes, we will be on the app uh, side by side with the cricket tonight. So it's a great part about this. We can do multiple things. And yeah, over here at Indian Wells, unfortunately, the Aussies, um, they're sort of falling, uh, which is, you know, not uh, not a a massive uh, surprise in some way, considering the uh, caliber of players that our Aussies are up against. We've got Jordan Thompson out on court at the moment, who of course, had a magnificent win, Dwayne, over Stefano Pass a couple of days ago. Uh, one of his uh, best wins that he's actually had on tour. But he's playing a, a qualifier at the moment, to Alejandro Tabilo of uh, Chile. And he's down a set, so he's got some work to do. Uh, but, look, you know, our Aussies, it's great to actually get over here and actually catch up with them. You know, long stretches on the road. They're all good guys, you know. They're all their men are uh, working as hard as they can to be the best. It's just, a, it's a brutal sport, small margins, and you know you're so close to winning, but you're so close to losing a lot of the time. It just can be one shot here or there. But we've got a good batch of men inside
3: the top one hundred. So why does it happen so often? You have a great win against a, a highly ranked opponent, and then you can't quite back it up.
8: Dwayne, I, I put it down to that there is just a lot of. Co- on the, on the tours you know it, it, when you think of how many players are ranked I mean all these players can play the game really really well so you'll you'll have a matchup sometimes it can just be a matchup I mean, today Thompson's playing a big lefty serve that's you know one of the most difficult things to counteract as a returner and you know as soon as you take a scalp you know someone lesser ranked is keen to take your scalp so you're always you know you're either hunting or you're the hunted in tennis and it can just be little margins, uh, not much in it at all. I and mean, Jordan Thompson, I mean, that, that's a huge win for him to beat City Pass, But right throughout his career, he's never got on a roll and just steamrolled through tournaments. So you can have your moment, uh, but your moment in tennis can last uh, you know, a brief time. Mm. And, and then someone's taken your scalp and you're back down to work. That's just the nature of the tour.
3: So other Aussies that have caught your eye at Indian Wells?
8: Well, I love Jason Kubler. I think, you know,
3: all of Australia's uh, sort of now
8: familiar with Jason. You know, a long time to get to the top 100. A bit like John Millman, a similar story. You know, he might really uh, cash in, you know, at that age of 28 to 32 and really make some money out of the sport. But you won't meet a nicer young man than Jason, who you can just call direct, you can link up, have a chat with him. You have to go through managers, you have to go through various channels. Um, so he's caught my eye. He's a fabulous talent. I've got him somewhere between 40 and 50 in the rankings by uh, year's end. And the other one is Rinky Hitchikata, who won the doubles, of course, at the Aussie Open with Jason. I mean, I think he's a terrific talent, Rinky. He's close. He's close to the top 100 and a really good young man as well. So they're all made of you know, pretty good character, Aussie men.
3: And what else is on the show tonight, uh, Brett, given that uh, you have plenty to talk about, given you're there and you're involved and you're getting interviews left, right and centre?
8: Yeah, plenty of chats tonight. A well-known coach here in America, not so well-known in Australia, but Chris Thompson, who's coached Sloane Stevens, He's coaching a young American clearer at the moment. Just given us some great insights into the world of coaching tonight. I love talking to the coaches, the X's and the O's and the strategy and and the use of data and analytics now in breaking down opponents. So really good chat with him. Caught up with Matty Epton today, Alex Vukic, two Aussies, uh, Jared Bunt, was uh, coach, we had a quick chat to him just before, so we'll uh, we'll bring you plenty from the grounds of uh, Indian Wells, where I tell you today, oh, it was still Dwayne Tennis Paradise, not a breath of wind, and it was just absolutely magnificent.
3: So we might not get you home then, Brett. Uh, Coachella, you said you're heading there. Is that where you're going?
8: Yeah,
3: oh, I could I could live here easily. I could just.
8: All I need is a laptop and a microphone, little studio, and uh, we're happy to be here. I place myself here covering the world of tennis very comfortably. Let me tell you. <laughs>
3: hey, great to have you on, Brett. Always good to be able to pick your brain. Now, uh, you got an update? What's the latest uh, with Jordan? Is he is he fighting back?
8: Yeah, he's up in the uh, up in the second set, so he's got a little break here in the second. So, Tomo is a great fighter. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He hates missing one return. He gets emotional, but. Uh, He's got a great IQ out on the court as well, so he might be able to stretch this to a third.
3: Good start. Brett Fellows joining us from Indian Wells, thanks to Coolabar Turf, Victoria's Premier Supplier of Instant Lawn. And the first serve, 8pm tonight on the SEN app, all thanks to Coolabar Turf, Victoria's Premier Supplier of Instant Lawn. Time to celebrate some lives, thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Had a lot of love come through, on the text machine today for Tim Zhu. So let's celebrate Tim Zhu after his win yesterday against Tony Harrison to claim the interim WBO super waterweight title with the ninth round TKO. Uh, ref might have got in there one punch late, but uh, at least they stopped the fight, earning himself a shot at undisputed world champion Jamel Charlo. So that's the one that everyone's talking about out of the weekend and it deserves some love as well. We're also celebrating a few of the Aussies who are up for Oscar nominations as well, including Kate, Kate Blanchett, who has a chance to win Best Actress for the third time. So a few lives to celebrate thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Um, a big plug too, you can join me and play SEN's AFL Survivor, and you could win a car. You just pick one winner from each round, of the AFL season. To find out more details, log on, check out the website. You can register at icanwin.com.au. So if you want to find out more about AFL Survivor, it's all there on the website. You can check it all out. do to come on the show before we cross to the cricket. Jordan Zunick is going to join me, um, a golfer who's done some pretty big things over time, including, I think, winning the New Zealand Open. So he's heading up north to Echika, to play up there in the next couple of days, about to have a practice round this afternoon. So we'll talk some golf after the break. Jordan's the brother of Kyle who's been playing for the Perth Wildcats and been doing some pretty big things in the NBL, not as big as they probably could be if he got some more court time. So that's still to come, so stick around for that. Dwayne's World for Master Builders, Victoria. Get expert legal support, become a Master Builders Victoria member. And for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. And keep your texts coming through. Had so many texts coming through on the 40 winks Temper text. Keep them coming. And I promise I'll read more out this year than ever before on the text machine. So put the number in your phone, 0433 98 1116. And I'll read out a heap of your texts during the course of Midday Matters every day this year. You can get your unique bed match profile. And find the right bed for you at 40 Winks. Serious about sleep. And if you do want to Google the Temper Range, you can Google that Temper Range. T E M P U R. And just recapping a couple of stories from earlier. Jake Stringer definitely ruled out by Essen for round one. St. Kilda definitely ruling out Tim Membry and Seb Ross. For the opening round clash against Fremantle and the Swans, ruling out Tom Higgy today for their opening round match. Welcome back to Dwayne's Well It's been great to have you company today. It's been a fun day, public holiday in a couple of states, but there's still plenty of sport going on. And the 2023 play today, New South Wales Open, is headed to Rich River Golf Club, March 16-19. to 19th, So a couple of days away. In fact, it's about to start in about two hours when... Jordan Zunick gets there and uh, tees off in his practice round. Australian golfer playing in the New South Wales Open. Uh, Welcome to you, Jordan. Great to have you on.
6: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
3: You're heading up there uh, at the moment, is that correct?
6: Yeah, I'm about 20 minutes from Echuca, so I'll probably head into the accommodation, check in, get all sorted, and then, as you said, uh, head out to the golf course and uh, go check it out this afternoon. I haven't been before, so this will be my first time to Rich River, so I'm looking forward to it.
3: You are a bit of a threat when it comes to the tournaments in Australia, though, Jordan. You've been doing quite well over a reasonably long period of time now.
6: Yeah, I mean, I've always, you know, played pretty well down here and had a few decent results overseas over the years, obviously. Uh, I haven't won for a few years, though, so I'm pretty keen to uh, to lift up another trophy soon if I can. That'll be the aim this week.
3: And uh, from memory, I shouldn't ask you this question without actually knowing it, but you, you've won in New Zealand as well. Did you win an Open in New Zealand?
6: I did, yeah, back in 2015.
3: So it's it's kind of been a bit of a slow boil for you to try and... I mean, everyone wants to get on the PGA Tour. So where are you when it comes to getting that kind of progression going?
6: Yeah, so I've sort of focused on Europe over the last sort of five to seven years. I've been on the Challenge Tour quite a few seasons, which is uh, the one below the DP World Tour, and I have full status again on the Challenge Tour... This season, after um, getting that at Q School late last year, I just missed out by about three or four shots on getting a full card on the DP World Tour. But I I did get given uh, Category 20 on the DP World Tour, so I might get a few smaller events this season. But obviously, my main focus will be Challenge Tour and um, finishing in the top 20 on the rankings to get that promotion up to the DP World Tour.
3: And is it just a matter of having the right couple of rounds at the right course at the right time?
6: No, uh, I mean, look, it's a it's a long season. Um, yeah, you just need those couple of good weeks to get some good ranking points. Uh, if you can get them early, I find it's good because then obviously it takes pressure off later in the season. So I've been working pretty hard over the Christmas break after the end of the um, Australian tournaments late last year. And, um, you know, my game's in, in good shape. I, I've been hitting the ball really well. I uh, would just say that hadn't holed as many putts as I would have liked in my last few events, which, as you guys probably know, like you've got to, got to get the ball in the hole on those greens if you want to contend on Sunday afternoon. So just shifted my focus a little bit to, to my short game and try and tighten that up and, you know, see the putts go in this week. And, you know, I'm sure that I, I should be right up there come Sunday afternoon.
3: And a simple, well, we're talking international golf, uh, but uh, maybe not so simple question. Uh, live golf, good for golf or bad for golf?
6: Look, uh, I mean, it's getting golf in the media. So I think media is good to get it out there, but it's hard for me to say because I obviously haven't played an event and uh, obviously I'm still focusing on going to to Europe to to play there like I always have. So I can't really comment too much for, for me personally. But I mean, lots of people I know who don't know much about golf. They've heard of the Live Tour. So, obviously, the it's getting out there. So, I mean, if there's a way that it can just help grow the game, well, great. But, you know, for me, that's that's all I can really say on the, on the subject, to be honest.
3: And your immediate agenda, though, is uh, Rich River Golf Club, March 16 to 19, where you're headed now. Um, how long does it take you to get to know? Of course, you haven't played that before.
6: Oh, look, I mean done it for many years now, so I just like to think I'm pretty good at it. But usually this afternoon, I'll probably make focus on sort of the greens, um, sort of map them out and check out, you know, where there's certain areas you want to avoid or where you want to hit it. And then from there, I'll, I'll sort of play the course over the next couple of days and um, obviously get the pro-am on Wednesday as well. So I'll probably get, you know, two looks at each hole, Um before I tee it up on Thursday, so I just try and develop a bit of a bit of a game plan for where I'd like to hit it and where where the best spots to hit from will be. And um, you know, as the tournament comes around, obviously weather depending, sometimes you just have to shift your your strategy as you play because, as you know, with with golf, it's always a different day every day and different weather and different conditions. So.
3: And I've got to ask you the question about your brother. He just doesn't seem to get enough court time for mine. When he gets out there, he actually looks like he's he's pretty good. He's been in the NBL for a while. Um, where's, where's he at?
6: Yeah, I mean, look, he's, uh, you know, obviously would have liked to play a bit more than, than what he did this season. But, you know, I spoke to him a few times and he told me that he's, he's working really hard and doing all the right things uh, at training and off the court. So, you know, for him... Um, all he's doing is just trying to become a better basketballer every day and you know that, that's all he can do and at the end of the day the you know, unfortunate thing about basketball is uh, how much time you get to play is all in someone else's hands um, it's different to my sport because I get to control everything <laughs> I want to do <laughs> So yeah I mean he, he's in a good place I've been speaking to him a few times and he's Oh, gone to Brisbane for the NBL one season to play for the Northside Wizards uh, the next few months. So he's looking forward to that, um, just to keep keep developing his game. And uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, what brings uh, what comes across the next season for
3: him. So you obviously gave basketball a look, given your dad played it as well professionally.
6: Honestly, I didn't give it much of a look. I played at school a little bit. Um, But I just was golf from about the age of 11 and never looked back. And that's all I wanted to do. And yeah, it's uh, pretty funny because my brother's actually shorter than I am. So whenever people meet us, they always think I'm the basketballer um, because I'm taller. But that's not the case. Um, But yeah, I seem to go all right at golf. So I'm pretty happy with the choice I made.
3: (laughs) Jordan, great to have a chat to you. uh, Look, I'm really excited by the golf. Evolution, if you like. I think it's going to be a great evolution in time, even though it's a bit of a rocky patch right now. So let's hope you get to be part of that evolution and we see you on a couple of big stages soon getting the trophy. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys.
6: Have a good afternoon.
3: Jordan Zunick joining us, Australian golfer, playing in the New South Wales Open. So Rich River Golf Club, March 16 to 19, and it's great to get on board. And before I say farewell and we hand over to the cricket, Your Jet Life. We've been promoting Your Jet Life, proud partner, of the SEN network, and they've got this very special lottery giveaway happening to support Angel Flight. Royce Crown is the CEO of Your Jet Life, so he's on the line. Royce, great to have you on the program, firstly. It's a fantastic prize. You get the opportunity to, to virtually have a five-seater Cirrus SR-22 plane as yours if you win this competition, but talk us through the logistics of it if you can, please.
10: Yeah, so uh, you know, you're know, you exactly right. We're giving away an airplane. Uh, the pla- the airplane is yours uh, you know, outright. We cover all expenses for 12 months. Um, depending on what state you're in, we will have the aircraft managed for you, um, hangered for you. We essentially cover everything. So for one year, you pay nothing.
3: <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I, and I just spoke to my daughter. She can fly a Cirrus SR-22. But I'm not allowed to enter, I don't think. But if I could, at least I'd have a pilot. How do you go about actually using this plane if you don't have a a pilot in your family or you want to learn to fly yourself, you're going to have to get some hours up.
10: Absolutely. So yeah, we do provide the ability to get your own license. So we cover that cost as well. If you want to learn to fly your own plane, that's amazing. That's exactly what we would love uh, for the winner to have. But if you did not want to learn, we will provide you with a pilot every time you want to fly it. So that's one of the benefits of having the aircraft managed on your behalf and hangered on your behalf is that you will have access to Cirrus pilots that will be able to fly you ad hoc. So you could say, hey, I want to leave in two hours time. Um, We provide you with a system. You can simply go on, book your own aircraft uh, with the pilot and they'll, um, you know, they'll basically show up to the hangar and we go ahead and we take it to where you want to go. You can book them out for the day, the week, the month, doesn't matter.
3: And 500,000 tickets only. It's a fairly limited number. So your chances of winning this thing are, are a little better than most lotteries.
10: Yeah, the odds are amazing. So yeah, we've only uh, we're only using uh, sorry we're only selling five hundred thousand tickets. So there's only five hundred thousand to be sold. Um, so for example, if uh, you know there was a group that bought fifty tickets, um, the odds of winning would be one in ten thousand, which is quite astronomical. Uh, you know, in comparison to the you know, one in eight million chances of winning the Saturday Lotto. So uh, the odds are, are, are definitely in their favor.
3: And you're supporting Angel Flight, so talk us through the the channels of Angel Flight and the incredible work, their army of volunteers and the things that they do as well so people know what they're contributing to?
10: Yeah, so Angel Flight does some amazing work in the rural Australian area. So they essentially... Uh, non-critical injuries, non-critical sicknesses, they pick these passengers up and they bring them to hospitals um into cities with those, uh, you know, with those hospitals in order to get treated. So, you know, unfortunately in the, in the rural parts of Australia, they don't have access to some of the, the basic things that we all have access to in the cities. Um, Angel Flight bridges that gap in a huge way. Um, they also do uh, you know, uh, doctor transport to these rural areas, so essentially bringing doctors to these rural areas for a week, two weeks, and then flying them back home. Uh, you know, kind of leaving them uh, there to make their own way, um, and all of this is done on the charitable dollars. So all volunteer pilots, all volunteer airplane, airplanes, um, and all supported by uh, charity dollars. So this is our way of, of giving back to them. All proceeds, so after expenses of of, 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 of the prize, all proceeds go back to Angel Flight. Um, so we're expecting to, to to donate quite a bit of money to them to expand their offering here in Australia.
3: Royce, great to have you on the line. I really appreciate you explaining all that. We've been playing it for quite a while. And if you want to get your tickets, you just jump onto yourjetlife.com. That's yourjetlife or the one word.com. And tickets are $15, so you can jump on board. There's still a few available. Let's hope uh, you end up donating a big number. Royce, great to have you on the program. Thanks a lot for your time.
10: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
3: Royce Crown, CEO of Your Jet Life. It is a fantastic opportunity. And it's great to have Royce on. So $15 a ticket. You can enter at yourjetlife.com and you're doing your thing for charity as well as having the opportunity to win what is really an amazing prize, a Cirrus sr 22 plane, a five-seater. And if you learn to fly, you can take your family and go wherever you want and do whatever you want. That's it for me today. Thanks to all of you who sent through a text and took the time to dial the number. I'm back for Midday Madness tomorrow. So please join me for Midday Madness tomorrow. You can check out on the Dwayne's World website, on the SEM website, the full podcast as well. So if you want to listen back to the show, it's all there, including the interviews that we've done earlier today. But I'll be with you tomorrow at midday. Please join me then. In the meantime, enjoy Day 5 from the Cricket.